Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Doing good? Well, um, I am excited and very honored um, that Pastor Aaron asked me to speak to you guys this morning. Um, for those of you who like to write down titles, my title is Spirit, Truth, and Chocolate Chip Cookies. So, yeah, everybody's mouths are going to be watering afterwards, I'm sorry. Um, and it's about personal preparation. Uh, I wanted to tell a joke, but turns out I'm not really great at it. I tried to tell a joke to the youth group um, a few weeks ago, and it just fell flat. And so, <laughs> well, I thought I would share a story instead, um, which of something that I find funny. Maybe some of you don't, but I, I find it hilarious. So, um, I hate spiders with a passion. Um, and so much so that I considered not coming because I had heard about how big the spiders get here. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that, God. That's, that's kind of, I don't, I don't know. So I've been praying that I wouldn't see any, and so far it was good until last night. We saw our first one, well, live one. And um, so then I, I couldn't sleep, and <laughs> that's all I could think about. And anyways, I hate spiders. So all that to say that there, uh, last fall, we were on our way home from my oldest son's soccer game. And in Washington, um, where I'm from, we have these little black and gray fuzzy jumping spiders. And they can get, I mean, the size of a quarter. They can get pretty fat. There's, but this one was an itty bitty one. And it was on the dashboard of our car. And I thought, well, it's on, my, hus my husband was driving, so I'm like, it's on his side, so it's fine. I'll, I'll be okay, right? Then it's funny because it started jumping, but every time I jump up, it hit the windshield. <laughs> so it's like boom, 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 boom. And I thought this was hilarious. So I'm just like gut laughing. I'm crying. I'm in tears because this is so funny. And so much so I actually recorded it because it was so funny. And then all of a sudden, that little spider got way too close. And I was like, Whoop! and my husband started laughing because he's like, <laughs> I've never seen your emotions go from like, crying laughter to like fear. So um, I, I took my shoe off and I squished the spider and he was dead. But um, I thought it was just funny that this little spider, every time he jumped up, he kept hitting the window and it was just like boop, boop, boop. So um, anyways. So Lord Jesus, Father God, we just thank you for this morning, Father. I thank you for each one who has come into this place, Lord God. Father, I thank you for the words that you have put on my heart, Lord, and I pray that they are an encouragement um, to everyone here. Holy Spirit, just may you may me follow after you this morning, Lord God, and um, I just thank you for just your love. I thank you, Father God, that you care so deeply about us, Lord and that you just desire to be with us. So just bless each and every one of us this morning, Lord God, and be glorified in your name we pray, amen. So if you remember Pastor Aaron last week, he talked about I am who you say I am, how God speaks to us, but then the enemy tries everything he can to just sneak those little lies in and, and, and counteract all that the Lord has spoken to us. And, and he talked about how God was our Abba Father. It was a term of like intimate, passionate, crying out in desperation, Papa, Daddy. And um, he also gave us this quote, um, being confident in your identity as a child of God will release you to worship God with greater passion and greater abandon. And so I actually wanted to go a little bit deeper in kind of 
what he was saying first to start off with and then um, get into how it all ties with personal preparation and chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> so let's start in the beginning. We were made in God's image. So Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then I'm going to skip over to Genesis 2-7, and it says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. And I just love that picture, that God, the most holy, sanctified one, would come down to earth and get dirty, right? He had to form us. It says he formed us with the dust and the dirt. So he got dirty. His hands got dirty. His clothes got dirty when he formed us. But not only that, in 2-7 it says how he um, breathed um, life into man's nostrils. So that means he actually had to like with his holy lips touch dirt and he got it all over his face. And that breathe in um, Hebrew is like the equivalent of a woman in labor, kind of the panting, the <sighs> like God actually, there was a force behind it and it gave us life that he would come and he would get dirty and he is the giver of life. You know, he could have just spoke it. He could have just said breathe and we could have breathed because he spoke everything else. But no, he actually came and touched his lips to ours and gave us breath. And because of that, he calls us good. In Genesis 1.31, it says, Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. I love it. In the, the message translation, it says, And it was so good, so very good. So I want you to turn to your neighbor to the left and say, You are good, so very good. All right, now turn to the right and say, I am good. I am so very good. <laughs> um, Stacy Eldridge wrote a book called Captivating, and um, in it she talks about just how the wonderful creation of God, right, how it's evident everywhere. We can see it, and we're very fortunate to live in this beautiful place where we've got mountains and trees and valleys and flowers and butterflies, and then we've got the ocean and the sand and the waves and sea turtles, right? And, and by sun, yeah, they said that first service. I was like, uh-uh. I was like, and my husband said that. He's like, oh, it was so pretty. I'm like, no, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. No, 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 no spiders. Anyways, <laughs> but she goes on to say that even though there's all of that, all of this that we get to witness, we are his greatest, his best creation. He made us best, right? He made us in his image, in his likeness. He saved the very best for last when he made us. And um, one of my favorite people uh, who talk about worship, his name is Ray Hughes, and um, he has this to say. He says, every cell of your being was created for a purpose to worship the creator. You were created to worship God, and if you are not a worshiper, you forfeit the reason you were made to exist. 
can I say something? Worship isn't just singing. Worship isn't just playing an instrument. Worship isn't just dancing or being able to be creative and writing a poem or something like that. Jonathan Helser puts it this way. He says, worship isn't a genre of music. It's the posture of the heart. So what are some things that you like to do? What are some things that bring you joy? Um, what allows you to be creative? So for example, for me, um, I love to put together IKEA furniture. I don't know why, I just really love to put that stuff together. It brings joy to my heart. Um, I like to, I guess, work with my hands. Um, I also love to build Legos. My poor daughters, they're kind of young still, but every time they get a Lego set, I kind of hijack it, and I'm like, I'm gonna build it. And then I give it to them to play with when they're done. But they're getting a little older now, though. They're like, Mom, we wanna do it. And I was like, oh. My boys won't let me do it. They, they said no. Um, but so that's one thing that brings me joy. Another thing that I love to do is crochet. And um, I've gotten to be very creative with that of making skirts and sweaters and hats and booties and baby blankets. And, um, but it just brings me joy because I get to be creative. So what are things in your life that bring you joy that get, you get to be creative in? If your heart is postured towards the Lord, it's a form of worship. Um, Colossians 3.23 says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive a reward and inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the anointed one. A disciple will be repaid for what he has learned and followed for God pays no attention to the titles or prestige of men. Aren't you so glad he doesn't pay attention to titles? It doesn't matter we have a title in front of our name. God loves us just the same. He made us the same. He made us in his image. Um, so if our heart is in the right place, if we've postured our heart before the Lord, then that means that we can do some, you know, unfun chores. We can do dishes. That can be a form of worship. Or laundry. That can be a form of worship or cleaning toilets, that can be a form of worship. Or how about changing diapers if you're a young mom? That can be a form of worship. I used to babysit kids and I had to change other people's kids' diapers and that wasn't fun, but if my heart was postured right, then it was a form of worship to the Lord. Or maybe digging ditches, getting dirty, right? If our heart is postured before the Lord, then it's an act of worship. And um, just to kind of give you a practical sense of how God can invade these moments, I was, I had a morning where I was standing and I was doing my dishes, um, you know, just a normal morning. And in front of my sink, I have this little plaque that I wrote some part of Psalm 103 on, and it's just a reminder of God's goodness and, you know, how he loves us and, and all of that. And I think I had worship music playing. I don't quite remember there was probably kids screaming in the background, but I was just doing my dishes, just doing my thing, and I felt the Lord come into the room. And it was really similar to how Pastor Aaron was talking about, you know, Moses, how God had to put him in the cleft, and then he had to put his hand, and then God could walk around. And I felt that. I felt God come into the room and put his hand on my shoulder, and he just held it there, and he just walked behind me. And I just burst into tears to think that God 
would come down into that moment, I'm just doing dishes. It's the simple little thing. I wasn't, you know, doing a huge things. I just invited him into the moment is all. And my youngest daughter came running and she's like, mommy, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing, just Jesus is here. He's in the moment. It's just, some, you know, just a blubbering mess. And so I just want to encourage you that whatever you're doing, if your heart is postured to the Lord, like he will invade those moments. Does it happen every time? No, I wish it did. Um, that I, I keep dish, doing the dishes have come, become a little more sacred to me because I'm like, oh, maybe he'll come again. But uh, so far, I, I think maybe I've had one other experience where he has. But um, you just never know when the Lord's going to show up in a moment. Um, and he can show up anywhere. In John 4, 21 through 24, it says, Jesus responded, Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of right place, but the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of spirit and truth. And two things I wanted to take away from this um, is the first part of, at this time, the Jews had the, the protocol, right? They, they, if you read through Leviticus, it goes through everything. Like, it, we'd be there for a while if we went there. But they had certain ways that they had to do stuff before they could enter into the, um, the tabernacle. And even then, only the priests could go into the Holy of Holies. And there was all this protocol and everything that they had to do um, to get there before they could ha even have that. And Jesus, I love that he just breaks that down. Like, it's just, it's, it's, the, it's the right heart. It's, that's the right place. And so I'm really glad that we don't have to do that. Um, that same way, that we can just have moments where he invades um, our, our moments. And um, I love it. So Rick Pino, he is also another uh, amazing worship person. Um, he kind of defines this verse. He says it this way, The Father is looking for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit equals faith, truth equals authenticity. So the Father is looking for those who love to worship him in faith and authenticity. So what is faith? Faith, as defined by Hebrews 11.1, 1, says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is unseen. Faith, as defined by Webster's Dictionary, is a devotion to duty or a person, loyalty, the quality of keeping one's promises, a belief and trust and loyalty to God, firm belief even in absence of proof, complete confidence. So then what is truth and authenticity? Truth in the Greek means that which is true in any matter under consideration of a truth in reality, in fact, certainly. Webster's definition of truth is the body of real things, events and facts, the state of being the case, fact, a transcendent, fundamental, or spiritual reality, sincerity in action, character, and utterance, and the definition of authenticity is worthy of acceptance or belief as conforming to or based on fact, conforming to an original so as to reproduce essential features, made or done in the same way as an original, true to one's own personality, spirit, or character. So remember in Genesis 1 where it says God created us in his image? 
we are to reproduce essential features of God. We are made in his likeness. Therefore, we are to worship him in complete confidence and in the way he made for us to worship. Um, I love the fact that worship, because worship isn't just singing and, and playing an instrument, um, and that it's about the posture of the heart. I love that worship is about relationship. It's not just that we have to do those things, but it's about devoting your attention and heart towards the Father, thanking him for who he is, who he's created you to be, and all that he's done. It's obedience and faithfulness. It's encounters and experiences with him. It's life. It's messy. He is simply just waiting for an invitation. When we know who we are, we get a better glimpse of who the Father is. And that means spending time with him, right? We can't know who he's if we don't spend any time with him. If I just, you know, had heard of my husband but never actually got to know him, then that might make things very interesting for us, <laughs> right? Uh, Ray Hughes puts it this way, to know him is to know how he knows you. To know him is to know how he knows you. So in order to know him, we've got to know how he knows us, how he made us, how he intricately formed us in our mother's wombs, right? Um, Revelations 4, 8 through 11 says, Each of the four living creatures had six wings, full of eyes all around and under their wings. They worshiped without ceasing, day and night, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the was, the is, and the coming. Whenever the living creatures gave glory, honor, and thanks to the one who is enthroned and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell face down before one seated on the throne, and they worshiped the one who lives forever and ever. And they surrendered their crowns before the throne, singing, You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things, and by your plan they were created and exist. And I love this picture, because as you read throughout Revelation, you'll see that this takes place multiple times of them coming and bowing down and giving God glory and honor. And it's because they're getting different revelations of who he is. Even though God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he reveals himself to us in new ways. And when that takes place, there's this, this new song, this tequila that rises up, right? And we get to just worship him for who we get to see him as in that moment. And also, it's, the, it's that connection when we say, oh, God, you're so good, and we throw down that crown, and he picks it up and says, oh, no, no, no. You're so good. Oh, but God, you're so worthy. No, 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 no. You're so worthy. I just love that this is constant thing, back and forth, that he speaks over us. He speaks life over us, and he tells us who we are. It's just our choice to listen to it. Um, so there, I have been very blessed with an amazing dad he is loving, he is kind, he is generous, he is patient, he um, is very sacrificial, he is um, a big softy, um, and I have always known um, a father's love from him, but I never equated it to God, and I don't know why. I mean, I would call God father, but I never equated this, them together, 
And I began to listen to people tell testimonies of how God was their father. And I was like, well, like, you know, the Abba father, the daddy, the papa. And I'm like, well, it's, I've got a good dad, so it just didn't make sense to me. And so then I was like, Lord, will you show me who you are as a father? Will you show me what that looks like? And so I began to pray this prayer, and it was a few years ago. And um, Alan and I were in a, a season of our life where things were very tight. We couldn't afford much. And, you know, we all have our little creature comforts that we enjoy. And mine just happened at this time in life to be mascara. And we didn't have the money for mascara. And so I was like, Lord, I need some mascara. You know, it was kind of one of those things where I was just like, it's just a thing, right? But um, so I, I, you know, presented that to the Lord, and I'd been asking him to be my father. And so my husband got invited to go to um, a poker game with some of his coworkers. Now, it's not something he normally does, and we didn't have money, so the host was like, I'll spot you 20 bucks and just come play. We just want you to be there. And so he went, and um, and... And it was kind of funny because, you know, I was, I was just, I was at home with the kids just doing our thing and, you know, just not bothering him. I knew he was out having fun and needed to have some time with his friends and, and all that stuff. And so I just, you know, did my thing. And so he, he comes home that night and he's got this goodie bag for me. I'm like, what's this? And he's like, well, turns out you were the only wife that didn't text or call and be like, where are you at? I need help with the kids, you know, all this stuff. And the host, his wife, just happened to work for a makeup company. And so I got some mascara. I got some lip gloss. I got some, you know, fingernail polish. I got some eyeshadow and some eyeliner. I mean, I got a whole bunch of stuff. And I was like, what? You know, thank you, Jesus. You know, so it was just one of those moments where I was like, thank you. God, like, showed himself as a father. And, right, it's, just, it's silly. It's, it seems stupid, but it, he saw my heart, and he wanted to reveal himself to me in that moment in the way that I had asked. And so never discount even the smallest of things what the Lord wants to bless you with or show himself in. Um, so what does this all have to do with personal preparation? In Psalms 50, 14, and also uh, verse 23. Why don't you bring me the sacrifices I desire? Bring me your true and sincere thanks and show your gratitude by keeping your promises to me, the Most High. The life that pleases me is a life lived in gratitude of grace, always choosing to walk with me in what is right. This is the sacrifice I desire from you. If I do this, more of my salvation will unfold for you. So it's about turning, it's about choosing to turn our face towards him in those moments, about including him in our everyday lives, right? It's including him to do, the, to do the dishes with us, inviting him in to fold our, you know, he's not gonna fold our laundry, but you know, he's with us in those moments. He wants to be with us, and that's what he created us for. Um, and also, it, it does cost us something. So um, in the Bible, King David had um, taken a census, and God had told him not to do that, so he, they were facing some consequences. And part of it was he had to go purchase this field and, and offer a sacrifice. And so he gets to the field, and the owner's like, oh, you can just have it. And David's like, no, 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 no. I will not give to the Lord something that didn't require something from me. And so 
when we spend time with the Lord, it does cost us something. It costs us our time. It costs our attention. It costs sometimes resources, but it always requires our obedience. And sometimes it's not just for us. Sometimes our moments with the Lord and preparing and, and just being turned to him are for others. There was a time that um, there's this wonderful, beautiful lady um, from City Harvest Church where we used to go, and um, she, she is amazing. She's very obedient and lists, she hears from the Lord. And there was this one Sunday that we were getting ready for church, and everything's like falling apart. You know, it's all you can do to get out the door to get to church, you know, and you have to repent all the way there because, you know, everybody's yelling and screaming and everything's falling apart. And I remember having this moment of like, Lord Jesus, I just need to know that you see me in this moment because things are not going well. And I had prayed a few other things. Now, I'd only prayed it like in my head to, to God, not said anything to anybody else. And we get to church, we'd missed at least the first two songs, possibly the third song. And um, after they do the announcements, they have like a three-minute time where you get to talk with people and just uh, kind of how we have the fellowship um, after service. And so we were having that moment, and she comes up to me. She's like, hey, um, I got a word for you. Can I give it to you? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And as she begins to pray and speak this word, it was everything that I had been crying out to the Lord for, everything. And I don't remember the specifics, but I knew that I needed to hear that in that moment. And so sometimes when we have these experience and encounters with the Lord, it's meant for others. It's not meant just for ourselves. And I, I think of how many times have I missed out on those moments because I'm too shy or it doesn't make sense or whatever, and, 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 but, 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 right? But when we're obedient to the Lord and we hear his voice, we get to be Jesus to people. We get to speak life into them. And maybe, for me, I needed to know that God saw me in that moment, and he did. He, he showed himself faithful through her to me. Um, Jason Upton says this, Jesus is already present to the places we aren't present to yet. I love that he goes before us. You know, he knew that I was going to have that bad day. He knew that he could trust this wonderful, beautiful lady with the word to, to, to carry to me, to show himself. So what would it look like if we actually turned our eyes more to Jesus? Psalms 119, 164 says, I stop to praise you seven times a day, all because your ways are perfect. Now, when Pastor Aaron, I have a confession. So when Pastor Aaron first asked me, um, there was three things that went through my mind. The first one was, <gasps> what? I stayed calm and cool and collected on, on the outside, but on the inside, I was like, oh, what? No. And <laughs> the, the second thing that I thought about was this verse. I stopped to praise you seven times a day, and I thought, oh, yes, I'm going to try this. I'm going to put my timer on my phone, and seven times a day, I'm going to stop and praise the Lord. And my confession is this, that did not happen. Um, I kept saying, oh, I'll, st I'll start it this day, I'll start it this day, and it didn't happen. But the truth is that it did cause me to focus more. It, I was more aware of those moments of, oh, you know, maybe this isn't one of those moments. So I was, I was more conscious of making those decisions of turning my face towards him. 
And so, I, you know, I think it gets hard because we, we have all these excuses sometimes. And, and I think about David. David was the one who wrote this, right? He was the one who did this. And he was a busy king. He had wars that he had to, you know, strategize for. And, and he had to come up with Sunday set list. And, you know, he had... Um, meetings that he had to be in and all of this stuff and yet you know he still stopped seven times a day and I kind of picture it this way I don't know if this is the way it happened but this is the way I, I happened I think it went down he's in the middle of his meeting right everybody's strategizing and he's like oh, 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 oh stop okay guys um hold that thought let's just put a pin in it and we'll come back to it. Just, just hold it there. I, I've, I've got to go um, halal the Lord. You guys remember halal from last week? I got to go be uh, calamorously foolish over here. I got to go dance before Jesus. Um, so just, just think about it, and, and I'll be back. And he'd go do his thing, and he'd come back. That's the way I envision it. I don't know if that's actually the way it happened. Um, it was probably more like he had it scheduled. He'd be like, okay, guys, we're ending at 10, and I'm going to go over here, and then we'll be back. I don't know. But in my creative mind, I think that that's how we did it. <laughs> um, I also love that. So back in um, Genesis 1:31, it talked about how um, the an evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. So in the Jewish culture, the the night time actually marked the beginning of the day. And I love how I love kind of that picture of like, you know, when we go to sleep our minds kind of shut off. It's where we're not really thinking about what's going on and what's taking place and worries and all of that stuff because we've, we've kind of shut down. And I love that in those moments, if we choose to turn our face towards the Lord, like he can come and invade those moments. He can give us dreams. He can speak to us. And I love just that thought of, of a practice um, of taking those times to, to turn our face to the Lord um, before we go to sleep, um, and I usually, it can be simple, it can be like reading a psalm before you go to bed, I usually read Psalm 91 before I go to bed, I just love to remind myself of his promises to me, of how he's going to protect me, and watch over me, and watch over my family, and just his goodness, um, I also used to joke that, you know, falling asleep in the middle of prayer was you're just surrendering to the Lord. You're just, you're going into his presence, you know, so. Um, but I think there's some truth in it, actually. Whereas when we set our face towards him, he's going to come into those moments and invade our lives. Um, another practical step of what it would look like if we turned our eyes more to Jesus. What about pondering, right? That requires time. But have you guys ever thought about just pondering things? There's this one scripture in the Old Testament, and I can't remember where it is. I think it's in Judges, but it, I could be wrong. But it talks about how a tree gave witness to a covenant. And I think about, well, a tree, it doesn't have eyes, and, you know, it can't talk or anything like that. It can't hear. So how would a tree give witness to this covenant? And then it, I kind of rabbit trailed, and I was like, well, what if... I was that tree. What would that look like? You know, like what would take place? And I think the Lord loves those moments because he wants to reveal something. He always wants to reveal something about himself, but it's that whole childlike faith of like, huh, what is this? You know, what is, what is it that you have for us? Or maybe this. Um, 
how come Eve was not afraid of the snake talking to her? If a snake talked to me, I would be out of there, you know? Like, did animals talk? I don't know, you know? It's just those things where it's, I just begin to ponder, and I think, Lord, what is it that you have in here for this moment? And so he longs for those moments because he gets to show us a new side of him. He gets to reveal something that's hidden for us to find. So what does all of this have to do with chocolate chip cookies? <laughs> well, for starters, ingredients. You need ingredients to make chocolate chip cookies, right? And you have to have the right ingredients and the right amount of ingredients. So you have to have your butter and your sugar, you have to have your eggs, your baking soda, vanilla, salt, you've got to have flour, your chocolate chips. All of those are ingredients that you need in order for this wonderful, amazing thing to happen, right? And I equate that to like prayer and Bible reading and worship and just little moments of turning our face to the Lord. Those are the ingredients that we are adding. And then what about how if we meditate upon them, if we start to ponder his word? It's kind of like the baking process, right? Things begin to rise and bubble and, and do what they're supposed to do and come all together. And then there's the anticipation, right? The anticipation of like, when you think of that chocolate chip cookie, like just the gooiness and the smell and you know, you just can't wait to bite into it. And some people like their chocolate chip cookies warm and gooey, and others like them hard. You know, there's just all these different things of how um, there's just that anticipation for what is, oh, I can't wait to eat it. But what if that was our anticipation of a Sunday morning of like, oh, I have had these ingredients that I've been I've mixing all week and then they've been baking, and I'm going to bring them with me, this anticipation that I get to share them with others, right? Because if, if, if I ate all the cookies that I made, I would be much larger. And so we don't want that, right? <laughs> I have to give them away, because if I don't, I'll eat them all. And so when we come together, it's some... Sometimes not everything is meant just for us. Sometimes it's meant for others, like I've said earlier. But we get to share those encounters. Every experience that we have opens a door for somebody else to have an experience. So if I'm having an experience of God being Father and I share my experience with you, that opens a door for you to experience God as the Father. And so um, I put this, I, I said, um, when we set our hearts on him preparing ourselves, when we pour out who we are in him and praise him for who he is, it changes our lives and we can't help but worship him. And as a response, we can't help but share what he's done in our lives, right? It goes back to Psalm 67 I read this morning. Um, the nations will know because we're excited because we're sharing these encounters with the Lord. We're sharing these moments and experiences so my heart's desire is this. Psalms 27, 4 says, here's the one thing that I crave, the one thing that I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my prayer. And I'm so glad that it's so simple. It's just turning my face towards him. It's those moments that I take to realize 
he's with me. It's those moments that I, I do read my Bible or I pray or I worship, but it's those things that I've postured my heart to worship him with, right? Um, the worship team can come up. We're gonna um, sing a song. And I just wanna encourage you with this. This week, let him be the desire of your heart. Find joy in the sweet loveliness of his face. Allow him to delight over you because he loves to delight over you. There are so many times that I have seen his face when he walks into a room and he sees you and the look of delight on his face. He just gets so excited. He gets so excited to share those moments with you. He gets so excited. So Lord Jesus, we just pray right now that you would come in, God. Father, invade this place. Father, may we turn our faces towards you, God. May we see how you delight in us. Father God, may we see the sweet loveliness of your face. May we seek out those moments that you have hidden for us, Lord God. Father, and may we share those. May we come together with great anticipation, Lord God. Father, just like we anticipate the goodness of a chocolate chip cookie, Father, may we anticipate the goodness of your presence and being with you, Lord God. Father, thank you that your love for us is greater than we could ever know. Thank you that you created us to spend time with you, to be with you, Lord God. Father, thank you that you desire relationship and you desire obedience and you just desire us, God. Be glorified in this place. Be glorified in our hearts. Be glorified in our lives, Lord God. In your name, amen.